Your Monday's a little bit sweeter now with the Tennessee football victory on Saturday. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Hey, we're going to go back and look at that win, what it means for Tennessee. Stats, canter grade, scoring plays, all that and more right here on your Monday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Monday, everybody. Welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls, your team every single day. I'm part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That is your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Shout out to everydayers. Twitter Tuesdays coming up tomorrow. Mailbag edition of the show. You know what that means. Get in any questions, comments, concerns at underscore Kaner at Locked On Balls or on the YouTube channel. I try to sprinkle in as many as I can. You guys have been killing it so far through football season. So let's get in those mailbag submissions. Uh, for the show tomorrow. I'm uh, going to give you some of my notes from the rewatch scoring plays in segment two, my grades in segment three. If you haven't already, go back and listen to the early, early Sunday morning uh, postcast edition of the show. Some raw reactions, some instant takes uh, from Tennessee's 41 to 20 win over South Carolina. Um, it was so late that I, uh, I I messed up the score. I said 40 to 21 win, but it was 41 to 20 win over South Carolina. I encourage you to go over and watch that uh, show on the YouTube channel and, of course, wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's jump down into it. Uh, a couple of things that I made notes of going back and watching uh, the, uh, the the game over the television broadcast. Uh, t- you know, defense is still a story of the day. Defense was incredible. Um, explosive plays for South Carolina. Only three on the night, really. Only, only four on the night, technically, if you go 20 yards or more. The first one was on the first drive, 44-yard screen pass to... Uh, Marion Brown, and and that was um, that was a really really good play, good design as well. You fake the toss, turn around, get it to your speedy slot receiver. That turned into a field goal. So Tennessee, you know, buckled its back there and kind of stood up strong. Uh, so that was explosive play number one. The second explosive play in the game was on punt return, and it was the fake punt. We'll get into that more in a moment. So I'm not even going to really count that. A 32 yard reception from uh, Xavier Leggett, and, and I will say this though. Sidebar, Xavier Leggett, the guy at the speedster that we've been talking about coming into this game, he finished with five receptions for 50 yards. You take out that fake punt reception that he had, four receptions for 18 yards. He only had seven yards after the catch all night long. Tennessee did an outstanding job with him. But I'm not going to count that play. You have the 75-yard run on play number one of the second half for uh, South Carolina, and that was Mario Anderson. Uh, you know, lost its gap integrity to the defensive front there and, you know, off to the races. Okay, that's one. And then you had uh, Spencer Rattler th- uh, throw of 20 yards to Trey Knox later on in the fourth quarter. Just three explosive plays. That's it. And ten- what Tennessee's defense did with that short field, gave up a touchdown. Uh, it was, you know, that interception from Joe Milton. I think South Carolina had first and 10 for the 27. Gave up a touchdown on that drive on the short field. You buckled your back after the 44-yard screen. You-, you held South Carolina to a couple of field goals. You had a pick six. You had, eight T- or you had six sacks, eight TFLs on the night. Tennessee's defense was absolutely incredible. One of my favorite stats of this football game, one of my favorite absolute stats of this football game, listen to this, Wesley Walker. I noticed it in real time, noticed on the rewatch, and I found the stat before I went back and rewatched it because it jumped out to me you know, during the actual game. Wesley Walker had five tackles on Saturday night from the safety position. Four of those ended drives, meaning... Wesley Walker, four of his five tackles came on third down or fourth down. Four of his five tackles meant the drive stopped. 
The drive was a turnover on downs, or South Carolina went and punted. Wesley Walker played a heck of a ball game on Saturday night. He was really, really good from his safety position. So I wanted to share that and give him some mad props. I thought he was really, really good. Uh, as I do each and every week, I track Joe Milton's incompletions because I want to see, you know, which ones are just horrible throws. You know, a lot of you know it's quarterback that matter if it's Peyton Manning or if it's Nico, if it's Joe Milton, whatever. The quarterback is always going to be scrutinized, and I recognize that. Uh, but especially for Joe Milton, because everybody you know wants <laughs> you know want, wants him on the chopping block here. Uh, I want to go back and track his missed throws. Uh, Joe Milton was pedestrian, twenty-one to thirty-two. I said that he was mediocre in um, in, in my short, and that might have been harsh. I didn't. I guess I didn't mean. For, I was poor, probably a poor choice of words. I thought I thought he was overall solid on the night. He did have two interceptions. Very uncharacteristic, like of Joe Milton. A guy that is very much a game manager at this point. Joe Milton is who Joe Milton is, okay? He's got unbelievable potential. He has more upside than any quarterback in the nation. But right now, he's a game manager. And as long as you take care of the football, and you run the football, and you play some good defense, and you connect on some deep throws down the field, then that's good enough, okay? That's good enough. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, just put in Nico, put in Nico. I mean, there's a reason right now that Joe Milton's playing. Um, and, and I think a lot of the offensive struggles to this point in the season – have been a lot of other things outside of Joe Milton. I think the biggest thing for Joe Milton is not to get in this Joe Milton soapbox here. Um, I don't care who they play. I'm just telling you what I think, you know, for conversations and everything. Uh, but I, I think the biggest thing for him is, you know, Hinton Hooker could overcompensate for so much last year. Joe Milton can't. Uh, just accept that. And when you accept that, um, in my opinion, then you kind of see the game in a different light. Anyway, <laughs> sidebar, I didn't mean to go into that here in segment number one, but sidebar, um, Joe Milton's incompletion tracker. Let's see here. His first incompletion was a miss to Keaton. That was a pretty decent ball. Uh, he was avoiding pressure as well. Um, Keaton got a hand on it, but anyway, uh, he missed that one. That was a decent ball. His interception was a bad decision. DQ Smith uh, caught it over the middle. He thought they were in cover two. They were disguised in cover three, and he just didn't even see the safety. Uh, point blank, that's on the quarterback. Didn't even see him, but that, that's on the quarterback. Uh, his third incompletion was a drop. McAllen Castles, who did not have a good game. His fourth incompletion was uh, he missed a Keaton in the end zone. Really, really good ball. Fourth series of the game in the second quarter. It was an out route. Really good defense by the cornerback. Really good ball by Joe Milton. Just couldn't connect on that. And sometimes it happens. Uh, fifth bad throw, or fifth incompletion, was in the fifth series, second quarter. Too high to... Jalen Wright on a swing pass. That came after the injury to Brew McCoy. And, man, that whole offense, it took him a while to get out of that funk. Uh, sixth incompletion was a tip ball. Tip ball to the line of scrimmage. Seventh incompletion. Really, really good coverage. Ball was slightly behind Castles, but it was hitting him in the face mask. Slightly behind Castles. Really, really good defense. I didn't think it was a horrible throw. Um... Eighth incompletion was a Utah pass, not the one that went for 37 yards, but the one inside the red zone, and it got tipped. There was a lot of traffic in there. I would have ate that one. I would have ate that one. Uh, ninth incompletion was a Chaz Nimrod drop that should have been a first down. Tenth incompletion was a ball thrown to J uh, Jabari Small out of the backfield that was a little too low, but he got his hands on it. And then the last incompletion of the day, uh, of his day was that interception to Jacob Warren. That was a bad ball. Need to throw it out a little bit more in front of Jacob Warren. You're trying to force that in there. Throw it, throw it a little bit more inside, and he'll go make that catch, just like he did on that touchdown. So uh, those are some of the Joe Milton incompletion trackers that I uh, that, that I track uh, each and every game. Um, we're getting into scoring plays here in segment number two. Uh, a couple more notes I, I want to kind of end on. Um, let's see here. That offensive line, 
I think that's the best collection of the offensive line, those five guys. This is what the offensive line I thought was going to be at the beginning of the season. Cooper Mays at center. He came back, played all but four snaps on the offensive line. What an effort by Cooper Mays. Thought Ollie Lane would be your left guard. News John Spragans would be the right guard. Thought Gerald Mincy would be the right tackle. And then John Campbell would be the left tackle. Um, Andre Carrick was injured. Um, J.J. Crawford was not a full strength, so I think when those two guys are healthy, they'll play. But I think that's your five best collection of offensive linemen. And, you know, was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. But you, you blocked for 477 yards of total offense, averaging 6.6 .6 yards per play. You paid the way for 238 on the ground, which is really good. Uh, your RB1 averaged 7.7 .7 yards per tote. That's not bad. You were 50% on combined on third and fourth downs on the day. Again, was it perfect? No, but I think that's your best five. I truly believe that's your best five. The pick six for Kamal hadn't completely changed the game. I mentioned Tennessee was in a funk after the Brew McCoy injury. T's and P's uh, for Brew McCoy had surgery um, late, late Saturday night into Sunday morning. He's obviously going to miss the rest of the season. Just, just terrible. Uh, thoughts and prayers of Brew McCoy, and we'll talk about that, how that affects Tennessee moving forward. But Tennessee was in a funk, big time. Tennessee was in a funk after that. Uh, it's an emotional game when your brother just goes down like that with a gruesome injury. You see it. It affects you. So I'm not I'm not over here complaining about it, but Tennessee was in a funk. Shane Beamer elects to throw the football on third and 22 <laughs> right before the half with under a minute. And instead of going into the halftime break 17 to 10, Tennessee goes into the halftime break up 24 to 10 and really took control of that game because Tennessee marched down the field and scored on the first possession of the second half. What a play there by Kamal Haddon. Didn't do anything extraordinary. Again, he was playing well off the receiver because, again, it was third and 22. <laughs> he was just there. Ball was overthrown. Pressure by James Pierce, who was phenomenal on the day. Took that uh, interception into the house. Changed the game. Completely changed the game. Uh, those are a couple of my notes. And I'll leave it with this. And we can maybe turn this into a show uh, during the off week, obviously, because we're going to have some time to fill. We do. We, we actually have an idea of who Tennessee is now. I think it's fair to say we didn't really know what Tennessee was before Saturday because in the one game versus a team with a pulse, Tennessee got its tail whipped. Okay? So did you want to run with that and just say, well, Tennessee's awful? I was like, well, let's give it a little bit. Even you want to give it a little bit more uh, after you know playing two teams with a pulse. But prior to Saturday, Tennessee looked horrible against a team with a pulse and did what it was supposed to do against teams with no pulses. Now you have a little bit more data. I understand the offensive line's horrible for South Carolina, but I believe the defensive line's good for Tennessee. I do. And in turn, I believe that defense is going to continue to take a step forward. I think that's kind of my takeaway so far, kind of how we have an idea of, of what this team is. A better defense, offensive line that's a work in progress that's not going to be as good as last year's, wide receivers that are dropping like flies, and a quarterback that is not Hendon Hooker. But right now he's a game manager. I think that's kind of where we are right now as a football team. Uh, you know, five games in. We can talk about this as the week goes on. But anyway, a good win for Tennessee. 41-20, to 20, the final score. Uh, Tennessee, a win over South Carolina. And now we'll have an off week before hosting Texas A&M at home on October the 14th. Hey, when we come back, we'll hear some scoring plays courtesy of Learfield and the Ball Radio Network. That is coming up next next right here on Locked On Balls. It is time for your game changer of the week that is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, much like James Pierce. So, so good. Two sacks, only credited with one quarterback hurry. That's BS. Pro Football Focus has him at three sacks and six quarterback hurries. I'm more inclined to believe that because James Pierce disrupted the entire flow for Spencer Rattler. He rattled the Rattler. 
uh, on the night, and he was incredible. But like James Pierce, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Their brews, great-tasting, award-winning, beat out of full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more, constantly releasing limited edition of experimental styles to add to their variety. Plus, they're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and actually make any activity more enjoyable. Uh, no hangovers ever. You can find Athletic in store, online, and at bars around the country. You can buy Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Hey guys, I want to welcome you back into your Monday edition of Locked On Vols. Quick reminder, if you didn't listen to the postcast from early, early Sunday morning, you know it was a night game, so I didn't get home until about 2 o'clock in the morning, I encourage you to go listen and uh, watch that on YouTube and wherever you find your podcast, and then take in in part this one. I try to do a postcast after every single uh, game. Sometimes it's difficult when they're on the road, but uh, go ahead and check that out. And uh, get in those Twitter Tuesday mailbag edition of the show. That is tomorrow at underscore Kaner and at Locked on Vols. All right, courtesy of Learfield and the Vol Radio Network, I have written permission to play these audio clips on Locked on Vols, and I appreciate that from Learfield and the Vol Network. Let's hear what it sounded like, all right? Tennessee, a big win, 41-20 to over South Carolina, and Tennessee jumped on the board first. It's first offensive possession of the game, 42 yards from Jalen Wright to cap a nine-play, 94-yard drive, three minutes and two seconds on the clock. Tennessee led seven to nothing after this touchdown run from Jalen Ryan. Third down, maybe one at the South Carolina 42-yard line. Milton got a handoff tailback. He's got a first down and more to the third. Oh, right baby! To the tackle to the 15 to the 10. Crank up Rocky Top. Touchdown, Tennessee. 42 yards. Jalen Wright right up the middle. Pops it for a big play, and Tennessee leads it six to nothing. What I like about that, um, that call was obviously accelerated. I don't think Bob <laughs> Bob Kessling and, and Pat Ryan were talking that fast in real time. Um, what I like about that, the combo double blocks. Ollie Lane, left guard, center Cooper Mays, taking that one technique up to the backer. Right guard, um, uh, uh, Javante Spragans, and right tackle, Gerald Mincy, taking that three up to the backer. And then right just finds a crease there and just goes right up the middle. Uh, sounded really, really good. Great job by Bob Kessling and um, about said Bert Bertel Camp. Wrong sport. Pat Ryan, uh, VFL quarterback Pat Ryan, and courtesy of the Vol Radio Network, Learfield IMG. Uh, let's continue on here. Jabari Small he makes it to a two yard touchdown after it was a 10-0 run, if you will. Ten points uh, scored in a hurry from South Carolina to make it 10 to seven, and it was a brief one minute and 24 second lead for South Carolina. And then Jabari Small caps a four play. Let's see this: a four play, 75 yard drive that took a minute 21. It was a 50 yard bomb from Joe Milton to Squirrel White down the far sideline. Have no clue how Squirrel White made that catch. Uh, ask him in post game, did we the media? And he said, I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, he was getting face masks, tugged on the face mask. He couldn't see anything. He made that catch. He had Tony Vitello and the shot behind the behind the catch just going wild. Anyway, a couple plays later, it was Jabari Small that punched it in from two yards out, giving Tennessee back its lead and a lead it never relinquished, uh, 14 to 10. And here's how it sounded on the Vol Radio Network. Out of the shotgun. 
Milton. Hands off Jabari Small. Yes. He's going to race into the checkerboards. Touchdown. Two yards out. Jabari Small. And just like that, Tennessee answers the South Carolina touchdown. From there, Tennessee scored 24 straight points uh, to go up 31-10 to 10, uh, at one point in time. That kind of kicked off that. Again, I mentioned that touchdown was the uh, set up by the 50-yard bomb from Milton to Squirrel White. That looked good. Uh, we bring you right to right up to the halftime break. Less than a minute left. It is third and 22. And Shane Beamer decides to put the football in the air. Don't understand it. And a lot of you guys still come all hat and haters. And again, that's fair. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't or whatever. You should never boo anybody. I know there's there's a big hoopla about starting line as people booing him. I don't think you should ever boo any of your own team. That's just my opinion. Um, but you don't have to like him. I, I don't care about that. You don't have to like him. But the point is, like a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he was so far off, so far off. Well, no crap, he was so far off. It was third and 22. I'd give cushion as well. It was third and 22. But anyway, James Pierce blitzes uh, Spencer Rattler, causes a bad throw. He sails it right into the hands of Kamal Haddon, who takes it in for 28 yards. And instead of going to the halftime break uh, up 17-10, to 10, Tennessee leads South Carolina 24-10 to 10, thanks to this pick six. Great theater from one year getting smoked and talking crap the entire time to the next year of the same team having a pick six. Here's how it sounded. Kamal Haddon's 28-yard pick six, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. Third and 22. Carolina at its own 19. Rattler back to throw. Here comes Pierce, but he gets rid of it. And the pass is intercepted at the yeah. 25 to the 10 to the checkerboards. Touchdown. Kamal Haddon, 26 yards on the pass interception for the score. Spencer Rattler never saw him. He threw the ball to the sideline. Kamal Haddon standing right there, picks it off, and races into the end zone. So Tennessee led 24 to 10 at the halftime break here and Pat Ryan really getting animated there. And Tennessee comes right back, scores on its opening possession, scoring 24 straight, taking a 31 to 10 lead. And Tennessee scores uh, this touchdown, capping off a 75 yard 12 play drive by throwing a six yard pass to Jacob Warren. A really, really good pass from Joe Milton to Jacob Warren. Here's how it sounded. Milton, you got the slant on top. Out of the shotgun, gets the snap, looks. Looks, looks left, fires, Jacob Nice catch. Touchdown, Tennessee. Milton hit Jacob Warren along this near sideline in the end zone. A six-yard touchdown pass to the veteran Tennessee tight end. It's a really good ball. That was a good ball there from Joe Milton, so good for him. Uh, Tennessee led 31-10. Unfortunately, on the very first play of the ensuing drive, a miss, you know, missing some gap integrity by Tennessee's front seven, Mario Anderson, former Division II running back from Newberry College. Again, I'll say it again, Carson Newman took down Newberry Saturday as well, so I want to get that dig in there. But it was Mario Anderson who went 75 yards to the house to make it 31-17. to So Tennessee still... Pretty nice lead there. Charles Campbell adds on, making it 34-17 later in the fourth quarter, 33 yards, and it's good. You had um, Mason Jeter, whatever his name is, Miles Jeter, the kicker for uh, South Carolina, is good from 47 yards, making it 34-20. to And then Tennessee, a little icing on the cake, Dylan Sampson, making it one touchdown apiece for Tennessee's three-headed monster in the backfield, a four-yard, six-yard touchdown run, capping a nine-play, 75-yard drive to bring it to their final score at 41-20, just under five minutes left in the ball game. Second and one at the six. Milton 
Going to try Sampson up the middle. Fights his way to the three. Touchdown. And all the way. Into the checkerboard. Touchdown. Six yards out for number six. Dylan Sampson just powered his way into the end zone and pushed that South Carolina defense into the checkerboard. So that is how it sounded. Courtesy of Learfield and the Ball Radio Network. Appreciate them for letting me play these audio clips here on Locked On Vols. And Tennessee now improves to 4-1 on the season, 1-1 in Southeastern Conference play. want to make a quick note here before we get in to our final segment. Some of you guys have already asked me about it and wanted my opinion on it. Um, what Spencer Rattler said post-game. How he said, quote, uh, I'm not going to say quote because I don't have the quote in front of me. Essentially, he said, hey, credit Tennessee, you know, yada, yada. People have been talking about this game forever. This was like their Super Bowl. Um. <laughs> I'm not going to bash Spencer Rattler. Um, like I said on the other show, I, I'm big, on the postcast show. I'm a big fan of good football players. He's a good football player. I am genuinely concerned for his safety because I think that his offensive line is going to get him really hurt at some point in time. He's taken a beating. He took a beating last night, the other night. Um, so I hope that he can make it through the season and not get crushed because his offensive line is doing no favors. Um, I understand it. This game was personal <laughs> to Tennessee, to Josh Heupel, to to Tennessee fans because it knocked Tennessee out of the playoff push last year. And um, I get all that. It was a late season loss. I get all that. But um, this was in no way, shape, or form ever remotely considered Tennessee's Super Bowl. <laughs> the big three every year is Florida, it's Georgia, and it's Alabama. You have the Border Bowl with Kentucky. You have Little Brother against Vanderbilt. Those games are all more important than a game against South Carolina every single year. Now, did this game mean something for Tennessee fans? Absolutely. I'm not diminishing that. But is it the Super Bowl? No, it's not. Listen, he was upset. He was frustrated. He just got his brains beat in. He just lost a game on the road. It is what it is. I'm not going to fault him too much, but that was very, very silly comment to make. Just just put it out there. Very silly to say that this was like their Super Bowl. Now, he doesn't have to play Tennessee ever again in his career, so it is what it is, but I just thought that that's my two cents on it. Stupid comment because it's just hilarious because, again, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, that's five teams off the top of my head right now that I'll put in front of before I'd even think about South Carolina. Anyway, is what it is. Tennessee got that dub 41 to 20. And I'll come back and share some stats and some canter grades uh, when we return right here on Lockdown Balls. I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Snapping in the NFL season with FanDuel, it's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all that action than right now. It's super easy to use. Spreads, over-unders, hit that total. Tons more like player props. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, they've got great player props. And I think that's a good starting point for you. Like, how many catches for uh, Ramel Keaton next game? You know, say the say the total set at four and a half. Over-under, that, that type of stuff's fun. And they have that type of stuff over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel, it's official partner of the NFL. All right, guys and gals, we got a final segment left here of this edition of Locked On Balls. Again, go back and listen to that postcast uh, from Saturday night or Sunday morning, I should say. Get in your Twitter Tuesday questions at underscore Kaner at Locked On Balls. Um, quickly, let's go ahead and go over some stats real quick. Tennessee, 
Uh, got it center back, thought that helped with the tempo, especially in the first half. They decided to slow it down again in the second half, and I, I just don't get it. I mean, sure, you're trying to ice away a win. I get it. I, I understand that, but, like, keep the foot on the pedal. Like, let this team get some work with some tempo. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, Tennessee had 477 yards total offense on 72 plays, first time since the Virginia game that Tennessee has been in the 70s. That was good to see. Average 6.6 yards per play. You had South Carolina, 333 yards of total offense, 63 plays, 5.3 yards per play. Uh, Tennessee and South Carolina. Actually, Tennessee was penalized seven times for 58 yards. South Carolina, five times for 30, 35 yards. Tennessee dominated first downs, moving the chains, keeping drives alive. 24 first downs for Tennessee, 11 for South Carolina. A rushing yard, Tennessee dominated. 238 yards on the ground compared to 132 for South Carolina. 75 yards, reminder, 75 yards came on one play of that 132. Tennessee averaged six yards per carry. Passing yards, Tennessee had... 239, South Carolina had 201, and remember, 33 of those came on a fake punt. Uh, Tennessee had 7.5 yards per attempt. South Carolina had 5.6 yards per attempt. Tennessee had 11.4 yards per completion. South Carolina had 8 yards per completion. Possession time, I don't really care about that. Uh, third downs, Tennessee 7-15, one of one on fourth down. Tennessee's third down and fourth down defense was really, really good in this game. All right, you had two of 14. South Carolina converted on just two of 14 third downs and just two of five fourth downs. So you compare that to last year. So Tennessee, Tennessee's defense, let's see, South Carolina's offense was a combined on third and fourth downs converting just 21% in this football game. You, flat, you flash back to last year's game, South Carolina was 8 of 11 on third down, 2 of 2 on fourth downs. Um. Again, quite the turnaround in, in that respect if you are the uh, Tennessee defense. We'll stay on defense right now. Uh, Wesley Walker, again, five tackles, <laughs> four of which were drive enders on third or fourth down. I love that stat. Omar Normalot, four tackles. He had half a sack. Kamal Haddon had that interception, pick six. Amari Thomas had a sack. James Pierce had two sacks and one quarterback hurry. Felt like he did so much more. Again, I remind you, Pro Football Focus had him at three sacks and six quarterback hurries. I think I'm leaning more towards that. That sounds more right than two sacks and one QB hurry, but that is the official stats somehow. Dominic Bailey, half a sack. Joshua Josephs had a sack. Karak Garland had a sack. Overall, Tennessee had six sacks, eight TFLs, one interception. That was really, really, really good to see. Uh, let's flip it over to offense. Uh, Joe Milton, 66% completion. He was 21-32, a touchdown, two interceptions, 239 through the air. He was sacked one time. Spencer Rattler, 69% completion. Nice. 24-35, no touchdowns, one interception, 169 yards. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to work another joke in there, but I'm not, not that sly. Uh, running game, Mario Anderson, 10 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown, 75 of those came on one play. That was pretty much all the run game that South Carolina had on the day. Not a very good running football team. Uh, Jalen Wright, 123 yards off 16 carries, one touchdown, 7.7 yards per carry. Jabari Small, 59 yards off 11 carries, 5.4 yards per carry, had a touchdown. Dylan Sampson, 49 yards, 9 carries, 5.4 yards per carry, had a touchdown. Tennessee's three-headed monster, 
looking real good. Uh, receiving, nine targets, nine receptions, 104 yards for Squirrel White. He was all over the place. Jacob Bourne had a touchdown. Uh, let's see, Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb both had to step up and play following the injury of Brew McCoy. Tennessee was without Dante Thornton in this one. Um, and then we'll go to special teams. Jackson Ross continues to be a flipping beast. Okay, three punts, two of which sailed over 50 yards. Um, he had one inside the 20. He had one that came back on a on a punt team penalty that he had inside the five, which was ridiculous. Jackson Ross is good. Charles Campbell good on two of his field on two of the field goals that he attempted. Um, he attempted two. He made both. Let me rephrase that. Uh, good from 24 and 33 yards. Josh Turbeville, eight kickoffs, six touchbacks, one out of bounds. Now it's time to get some grades. Here is the grade sheet. I'm not a football coach, so uh, take my grades with a grain of salt. A lot of you guys are still going to complain. It is what it is. Quarterback, you're going to get a C. Um, you had two turnovers. One where you just didn't even see the safety. Didn't even see the safety. And the other one where you were just trying to force the football in there because you just did that and found a touchdown out of it. If you would have threw that a little bit more inside, maybe it would have been another touchdown. Um, Joe Milton was overall solid, but he did turn the football over twice, and that's very unlike him. Um, Joe Milton, C to C- minus in this one, but solid overall. Um, running backs, good an A. Not enough said about that. Tight ends, you're going to get a B. Jacob Warren had a really, really good game, had good blocking, had a touchdown catch. McAllen Castles did not have a good day. A couple of crucial penalties, had, had a drop that was crucial as well. A couple of those came on, on back-to-back plays, and it's kind of like quicksand in that regard. Uh, so that kind of evens it out, so I'll give the tight ends a B. Uh, wide receivers get a B-. minus. Um, Squirrel was really, really good on the day. Again, he was targeted nine times, had nine receptions. Couldn't come out either because I know it, I know he missed a couple of snaps and they put Chaz Nimrod in the slot, but... He didn't have another slot receiver. Tennessee's going to get really creative, and we'll touch on this this week as this week goes on. Um, but Squirrel was really, really good. But Chaz Nimrod dropped a third down reception that would have moved the sticks. Um, I thought Romel Keaton could have helped out his quarterback a little bit more. Um, you know, they, they were okay. I've, I, I'll give I'll give the wide receivers a B. Give the wide receivers a B. I think they've been better this year, but. Uh, still much better than where they were to begin the season. And the offensive line, I'm going to give a B plus. Again, um, there were times where the offense stalled. There were times where the offense couldn't get a lot of rhythm. It's not all the offensive line's fault. End of the day, I think this is the best group of five you've got. You, you had nearly 500 yards total offense. You dominated the run game. You allowed only one sack. And I thought Joe Milton could have got rid of that football as well. Um, overall, I think the offensive line had a pretty solid day against the Southeastern Conference front. So I'll give that offensive line a B plus. Defensive line, A+. Plus, A+. Plus. My other favorite sack, number one favorite uh, my favorite stat, number one favorite stat from this football game, Wesley Walker, five tackles, four of which ended drives. Number two, Tennessee had six sacks, all six from members of the defensive line. Rodney Garner, we'll get into this on Monday, on Wednesday when we do uh, pro football focus stats that matter. Um, Rodney Garner played a ton of guys up there, but nobody played a whole lot of snaps. Gotta love it. Six sacks all coming from members of the defensive line. A++. Defensive lineman rattled Rattler and really kind of changed the game. The defense followed the defensive line's lead in that regard. Linebackers, I'll get a B. Aaron Beasley, I do not think, was at 100%. I think the off week's going to be good for him. Um, Saw a whole lot of Jeremiah T. Lander, Arian Carter, and, of course, uh, Elijah Herring. So, I like the young, you know, force rotation, if you will. Those guys got to grow up. 
I'll give the linebackers a B. Defensive backs, B+. plus. thought defensive backs did a really, really good job with the underneath stuff, the lateral stuff, whereas it did not do well at Florida, but it did well against South Carolina. And you're seeing how, oh, look, the defensive line's getting, a, getting some pressure. Look, it helps the secondary. Funny how that works, right? Um, I thought the defensive line played really well, or the, the defensive backs played pretty well. Wesley Walker played really, really good. Um, we'll look at the pro football focus stats that matter on Wednesday, but um, you had a guy that was averaging 310 yards through the air. Spencer Rattler throw for 169 yards. Job well done, defense. Job well done. Special teams, you're going to get a D. Hear me out. D. Williams, shame that doesn't count. He is so special with the ball in his hand. Should he get opportunities on offense with the injuries at wide receiver? We'll see. Um, but, man, like... Like the good, Charles Campbell, two for two on field goals, good. Ross Jackson, a weapon, good. And it's it's a shame that special teams as a group is going to get a D, and maybe this is too harsh, but here where I'm coming from here. This group is going to get a D because what are you doing? on? And some of this is coaching. So stop trying to pin guys on a kickoff. You know, with the, with the kickoffs out of bounds, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening because Josh Turperfield boots everything easily through the back of the end zone. Yet sometimes he goes out of bounds. You can't tell me you're not trying to pin somebody back. And that was almost disastrous because you had the pick six from Kamal Haddon. You had a personal foul uh, penalty on Danico Slaughter on the celebration. That way you moved the kickoff back. And then a penalty on top of that. They got the ball at midfield with a chance to go score. What a horrible, horrible penalty there on the kick out of bounds. I don't know if that was Josh Turberville. I feel like that was a called uh, you know, play and try to pin them on one side. Just don't do that. Quit doing that. Just kick it deep. Kick it deep. There was that. You had a penalty on punt team where you didn't have enough numbers, five men on the line of scrimmage with numbers 50 through 79. Whatever that crap is, I don't know what it is. I'll ask about it, but I'm not the coach. Know that if you're the coach. When you're doing rugby-style stuff, when you're trying to get different looks on punt teams, you better know the freaking rules. I mean, that's coaching right there. Like, what are you doing? There was that. Christian Conner, young freshman, made a mistake. It is what it is. But negates a beautiful punt return with a block in the back well away, well away from the play. And then, of course, the fake punt. It's not like you're playing Shane Beamer, whose nickname is Beamer Ball, for doing stuff on special teams and trick plays and stuff like that. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it was an illegal pick. It was an illegal pick. You are never going to get that call on punt team. You are never going to get that call on punt team. You know why? Because it's punt team. You're not looking for that if you're an official. So, I mean, goodness gracious, get it together. It's a shame your punter was really good and your field goal kicker was really good and your unit, according to, you know, me, uh, going to get a D. Just the operation, not good. And then coaching, a lot of that was special teams coaching. I didn't like some of the play calling at certain points at times. I'll give the coaching a B. Overall, Tennessee, a win, an impressive win against an SEC quality opponent. We'll continue to see what it looks like as it builds. AM coming in two weeks. Has Tennessee arrived? No. Does Tennessee have a lot of things to clean up? Absolutely. Um, is Tennessee the 85 Bears? I don't think so. <laughs> but did Tennessee whip that tail Saturday at Neyland Stadium, do a lot of good things? Absolutely. Something to build on for sure. That'll do it here for this Monday edition of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here. Tuesday's edition is the mailbag edition of the show at underscore Kaner at Locked On Balls. Get in those questions, comments, concerns for Twitter Tuesday coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys and enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody.